What is up, my friend? This is episode number 24. Can you believe it? Man, 24 episodes in. Man, I'm, I'm super excited about this one. In this episode, I'm bringing you one of the best people on the planet that I know to help you understand how to generate leads from Facebook. So let's do this dang thing. Welcome to the Anthony John Amex podcast, helping entrepreneurs break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. Prepare to open your mind to the proven tactics and strategies the world's leading intellects have used to avoid a stagnant career and achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. It's time to increase your levels of power with your host, Anthony John Amex. All right, well, welcome back. Today, I'm bringing you my good friend and my client, Ben Sleater. He's the author of a book called The Business Owner's Guide to Profit, and he's the creator of an incredible online program called Leadflow. Now, I truly believe it's one of the best courses about online marketing in the game at this current moment because he teaches tried and true principles of marketing that will stand the test of time. And one of Ben's genius is really studying and simplifying principles into frameworks and systems that people can then replicate and they can take and they can run with and they scale their business pretty quickly. Now, I personally coach his elite clients and I constantly see people making, you know, $25,000 to $40,000 a month. And within 90 days, they're like at this place where they're increasing that monthly revenue to, you know, from 25,000 to 40, from 40,000 to 60,000 a month. And Ben's an incredible, incredible human being. I mean, he has high, high degrees of integrity. And I just can't say enough good things about the dude, right? Because I know he doesn't like create and sell online courses and do coaching, you know, for money. I mean, I mean, he does, but it's not his sole reason for doing what he does. And you can really you know, kind of feel that from him. He leads first with service and he doesn't really ever want to take money from people who he knows aren't going to get value from his genius. So I've invited him to come onto the show to share some insights with you to help you generate more leads. Now he has it down to a science and he's consistently helping his clients scale beyond the twenty-five dollars to $50,000 a month mark. Now, before I bring on Ben, I want to let you know about a free training I created. It's called The Three Ancient Secrets Experts, Influencers, and Coaches Are Using to Increase Their Impact and Income. This training will help you learn how to shift your identity so you're generating more lead sales and scaling your business with ease. Simply go to www.trainingwithaj.com to register for that training now. It's 100% free, and it will make the rest of this episode even more powerful. So with that being said, let's dive into how to generate leads from Facebook with Ben Slater. Ben, what up, brother? Not much. Just uh, chilling here in Sydney today. It's a nice day. It's like been really smoky here for the past few weeks, and like all the smoke's cleared today, so it's nice. It's like a, you live in like a, a good um, glass of scotch. Yeah, yeah. We do. <laughs> we do both metaphorically and uh, normally, actually. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I'm excited for today's uh, show. We're going to be talking about how to generate leads from Facebook. You're a master at it. Now, Currently, you're at this place where you're generating leads. Um, in fact, you're getting paid hundreds of dollars um, per lead. And I'm not talking about like people paying for your service. I'm talking about in your personal business, you're not paying for leads. I mean, you are paying for leads, but you're not paying for your leads because of the way that your funnel is really set up. But you're really focusing on acquiring customers on the front end, which I think is um, a lot very different than a lot of people are doing. So essentially, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool because you're getting, you're getting paid to generate leads, right? So yeah. today we're going to break down how you're doing that. But before we do that, I want to dive into your story a bit because you aren't like born into the marketing game. You don't have some marketing degree or anything like that. I mean, you've really learned what you've learned um, in the trenches, man, through blood, sweat, tears, 
uh, sweat equity, you know, just rolling up your sleeves and getting to work. So what led you to learn uh, to master this lead generation game? Yeah, well, I started my first business. I'm still pretty young. I'm 20, about to turn 28, actually, in about three weeks. But I started about seven years ago with my brother. We started a business and it was out of family turmoil, essentially. We had some family finance problems and we're like, oh, you know, we better put our heads together and try and do something about this. So searching around life, we, we kind of found that we're really interested in health. So we started a business teaching people to do handstands online. That was our first thing. So crazy. We sold a program. Yeah, it was like 20 bucks a week. And we're just teaching people handstands and body weight movement and stuff like that. We had no idea what we were doing. And that became really apparent really quickly. We had work ethic. We could work hard. We're both Capricorns. So we were just like 12 hours a day, seven days a week sort of stuff. And yeah, we just grinded our way to the first $100,000 in revenue. And I guess it was at that point that we really realized that we have no idea how to run ads. We have no idea how to, we were starting to learn about sales, but we were still very lost. So yeah, we just started doubling down and investing in ourselves and kind of morphed and adapted. And obviously seven years of daily kind of activity. What I do today is very different from what I did back then. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Like it, it started out of desperation really. It's just like, I wanted to help my family really. And then it's led to a lot of lifestyle freedom and, you know, really a life that I love. I was studying finance and I actually dropped out uh, of that to kind of pursue what I was doing. And yeah, it's been an interesting journey, but here I am seven years later, still doing something similar, but a little bit different. Now you said that um, you kind of have this place where you you already made six figures with just with with not really leads necessarily, but I mean you generated leads barely because you made a hundred thousand dollars, which for a lot of people it's kind of their holy grail, six figure business. Um, but you're at a place on a journey uh, getting to seven figures. So what was really going on in the business where you're like, all right, this is enough frustration? You know what wasn't specifically working where you're like, we have to figure out lead generation specifically. Well, yeah, I guess this is something I want to mention because I don't think lead gen should begin before you have proof of concept. Mm. And proof of concept doesn't have a figure to it, really. It's a feeling that you have. It's a confidence that you have because investing in ads, it's going to bring up a lot of emotions like it does for me. You know, I was just looking at my ads before and I'm trying to jump them from where they are now about 500 bucks a day to about a thousand bucks a day. And it's literally like, how do you double the emotional valence that you're experiencing and stay steady? But they may seem like big numbers for people, but when you're first starting out, $20 feels like that, $50 feels like that. So it's so important that your mind is really focused on just that one thing. It's like, okay, how can I just get my lead gen sorted? And if your delivery is broken, And even if your sales is broken, then in my opinion, it's probably not best to add that in because like very shaky foundations, it gets very scary very quickly. And I don't know, it's not safe, to be honest. Like it's just not a safe thing to do. So usually what I would say is like around the $10,000 per month mark is really like the perfect moment because obviously advertising takes cash. 
Yeah. And you know, a great mentor, actually, uh, Dr. John D. Martini, once said to me, Ben, people can tolerate 10% fluctuations in their net worth without any real emotional kind of conflict whatsoever. Sure. And I've seen that in my life. Like when I started out in my business, when I had a certain amount of money, if someone refunded, I would just be completely like on the floor. I just so upset and pissed off and it would just, it's almost like pulled me off my boat into the water and I'm like, oh, God damn it. I have to get sure. back in the boat. So yeah, I, I guess to bring this around, that was the moment intuitively that we were ready emotionally, mm-hmm. financially, and also like with this proof of concept idea, we knew what we were doing worked. We knew people were happy. We knew the clients were getting results and we're like, how do we scale this thing? How do we turn it up? How do we go to the next level? And that was actually the moment where we shifted into that uh, lead gen mindset. Awesome. Cool, man. So it sounds like if I'm hearing you correctly, your view of like lead generation isn't really for starting a business. It's, it's really for scaling a business. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And look, there's many forms of, this is paid lead generation Correct. because another thing here is we were still generating leads, but at that stage, most of those leads were coming from Instagram. Uh, so we built an Instagram that was not paid. Uh, we built this audience of about 25,000 people and we were just posting, 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 building uh, essence and community And then we would make them offers all the time. And there was no real structure to it, to be honest. Like it was very, uh, I'm very opposed to what I was doing now. Looking back on it, I can see all the mistakes I was making and stuff like that. But yeah, I guess like that was our lead gen. But you see, it didn't cost us anything but that sweat equity and time, much more time. I I was working harder then than I do today. Yeah, And uh, I was making 10% of the money, you know? So yeah, once you can tick into that mindset when you're ready, you can achieve that scale and it's more automated in a lot of ways. As well. Awesome, dude. Um, why do you believe it's important for somebody to learn how to become a master at generating their own leads rather than relying on referral partners, affiliates, or, you know, in your case, organic Instagram leads? Like why is it so important to dial in, you know, to dial in the system of lead generation? Yeah, well, for me personally, business is about more than money. Like what I really think about when I think about business is like four or five things and you can add and subtract your own, but I think it's really, really good to think about what am I trying to achieve here? And these are the things for me. So I've got money, obviously. I want to be financially free. Then we add in time. It's like, okay, now we're getting a little bit deeper. So it's like, how can I be financially free, but also time free? Because there's many, many, many people in the world who are financially free. There's not many that are financially and time free. So it's almost like going to that next level. It's like what's the 80-20 inside the next 80-20 and then keeping going and going. And then you've got geographic freedom. So again, it's like, okay, there's a lot of people that are financially free and time free. Then you add geographic freedom on top, the ability to travel the world. Very similar to ourselves. We do a lot of travel, uh, both you and I. Uh, And then we've got freedom of relationships, which is another one that I look at, which is a bit more of a courage thing, but it's having the courage to surround yourself with people who are supportive and also cutting away from all of the, I guess, the people that are kind of trying to pull you back and not in support of the vision. 
And then the last one, which is probably the most important, is freedom of purpose. And that to me is like, do you have the balls to burn down everything you're doing in an instant if it's not in alignment with who you are as an individual and what you're here to do? So for me, like most people just focus on the finance thing. And I really like, I put finance first because I actually think it's the lowest. I'd put them in order of what I just mentioned is finance to me is the lowest form of, of commodity, but everyone seems to have it as the highest place on their hierarchy. It's like, oh, we need to make more money, more money, more money. I would rather have time like, and I would rather have freedom of geography and then relationships and purpose. So I guess why I think about leads in the way that I do is because I can invest money into an automated system that I can do from anywhere in the world, which is my geographic freedom, that allows me the freedom to reach anyone that I love and spend time with them and be present with them and do amazing things because I have the money to be able to do it, which inspires me more to chase my purpose. So it's like it, it fills this, it's almost like a flywheel. And yeah. each of these things, I'm, I'm their little nodes on my flywheel and it allows me to live a really inspired life. And I know that marketing is so critical to that. Without marketing... Like I can't live through those other four things that are so important to me. And really for me, marketing is the science and philosophy and the art of how do I generate more clients and how do I create influence online and turn $1 into five or 10 in a way that's, you know, leveraged. Yeah. So so good. And I love that you're talking about this purpose. I actually heard something from Gary Vee recently and um, I usually don't always agree with everything he says, but this one was actually um, really good. And there was this person in the audience, you know, Gary is always taking questions from the audience. It's kind of roughing. It's kind of what he does. And this lady kept saying, I'm burnt out, I'm burnt out, I'm burnt out. And he was like, bitch, you're not fucking burnt out. You're bored. You know, and I, and, and it was, I thought it was a pretty good wake up call for her because she wanted to like overcomplicate things and be like burnt out. And he was like, no, look, you're just, let's move to the truth here. You're bored. Like you had a good run in real estate. You sold your thing. Uh, you're just bored. So why don't you just drop the story of burnout and into this emotional healing and admit the truth that you're just bored and then go all in on creating the next evolution of whatever it is for you. So what I think it's cool about this whole flywheel concept and marketing is if you don't have the skill set, you really can't reach that freedom of purpose. Um, because I'm finding even in myself, there's, there's seasons to the game of life where there's seasons where I was a musician and I was definitely on purpose there. And then there are seasons of the organic game or the paid game or Instagram, like whatever that expression that's coming through me is, right? And so if I understand uh, what you're talking about, I learn how to master marketing in control of leads. Then it really is a mindset of like, all right, I'm ready to close this chapter of the book and write the new tip in the next chapter. What is that for me? Rather than most people hanging on out of desperation of like, no, I got to keep this thing going on. You know, I mean, it's really working for me. I don't like it anymore, but I got to do it. And so it sounds like, man, um, you kind of allowed marketing to give you the freedom of purpose. Uh, so you're not always like a slave to your business, which is really cool, man. Yeah. And I think it takes a little bit of foresight to study principles. And like, I've, I've been really lucky in that I've had a lot of really great mentors and I would say the common traits with those people is they're just like really drilled in principles. Like they're not that tactical in, in the way that they think. And, you know, I was really blessed with that. Like I think that was just kind of something that just happened 
for me kind of organically. But as I found is throughout life is if you get down to the core principles, the tactics can change around the outside, but it doesn't matter because you, like if you know the principles of marketing, which is really the principles of human behavior. And if you know that it applies like marketing has taught me so much about myself. It's taught me so much about relationships dating, um, the relationship with my partner, like, and once you start to see it in that light, it becomes such a love and a passion for me because it improves every single part of my life. And it goes beyond this very mediocre idea that marketing and sales is swindling people or doing something wrong by anyone, which I haven't seen, by the way, sure. uh, ever. I think that's just a trust objection that's kind of planted onto or projected yeah. onto people. But yeah, it's just so powerful and it's so important. And I guess if there's a message that I'd really love to communicate to the people listening, it's study the principles of marketing if you want to succeed. It's like the one thing really that is that, that first point on the flywheel of freedom, in my opinion, and very, very powerful. If you understand it, I'm sure you can go a lot further. And dude, this is one of the things that I love about your, your lead flow program. I truly believe it's, it's one of the best courses on marketing on the market currently. Um, and I believe it'll stand the test of time because it really is on those principles. Um, so what are some of those principles that you see are really important that people really need to leverage when it comes to generating leads from Facebook? Yeah, well, I guess the number one principle of marketing in my view, I call it like X to 10X and it's a bit of a unicorn goal, to be honest. And it's to always try and generate, and it doesn't always happen, but to always try and generate $10 in revenue for every dollar that you spend in marketing. You see, and this gives you a framework. It gives you almost the rules of the game. Is like, when do you know? So let's say that you're a basketball player and you're standing at the three-point court and you're trying to like three point line, sorry. And you're trying to shoot for the basket. You need feedback, right? Like if you shoot that first one and it goes up and it bounces off the right and then goes, okay, you'd be like, okay, let's adjust and go to the left a little bit. So you need these guiding boundary lines to be successful. And the number one boundary line that I've held for myself, that is by the way, extremely unreasonable and very almost irrational in its pursuit and it doesn't always happen. And I think this is a big thing is that this is it. So spend X in advertising. So this, as an example, we'd spend, let's say we spend 10,000 in advertising. I would expect that 10,000 and do everything in my power to create $100,000 from that advertising. Now, if I was to go and tell that to corporations who have a 15% annual yield on their money and a 15% expected return, that would tell me that I'm completely crazy. Sure. And for me, this is one of the reasons why entrepreneurs are really pushing humanity forwards is we're, we're very unreasonable and we want to achieve these unreasonable goals. Now, I've done that probably in 30% to 40% of my campaigns. So it's what this thing is like it challenges me just enough and I hit it just enough to know it's possible. Mm. And that's essentially what I'm shooting for all the time. And that's the game that I'm playing. Most of the time I'm playing it with myself, just, okay, I've got the spreadsheet out, I'm looking and I'm saying, how can I score this basket? And when I do, I try and just score more, more and more and more and more. It's like, 
Imagine having that system where you can walk into the corner, put a dollar into a machine and $10 comes back out. You get this amazing feeling. It's like you look at the $10 and you look back at the machine you're like, should I put this back into the machine? And it's like, oh, wow, changes your perceptions of money or freedom. And I guess that's the number one principle that I personally use. Awesome, man. Uh, what do you see as one of the best ways to generate leads from Facebook right now? It's a very, very good question. I think one of the best ways is to leverage you as an individual. And we were talking about this just yesterday and we were saying that there is no one way to really grow or scale a business because the business is like the fish rots from the head down, but the fish also swims from the head down. It's like it can go in both ways. And for me, that rule really applies to business when we think about you know, everyone's trying to find like the silver bullet. And the stupid thing is it works really well in marketing if you tell people there's a silver bullet. Totally. I don't like doing it really because – I don't believe there is one. I believe there's a set of principles that are incredibly useful, but I think the real utility of anything comes from testing, right? Like just jumping in and actually testing your assumptions. And I think so many people in marketing, we kind of base everything on our assumptions, but they're not tested. And I guess that's the thing is like, I wouldn't say there's one best way but what I would say is the best way is actually to get into the trenches and find a mentor or someone who has done what you want to do right now. And so let's say you have a goal and you want to get to $50,000 a month. Find someone who is currently generating $50,000 a month in a similar ecosystem to the ecosystem that you hold. Pay that person good money and ask them to help you. That's been the number one thing for me. It's like, and the funny thing is the best interactions that I've had and, and just so everyone listening knows I am a voracious uh, investor when it comes to those things. I think I've invested about $450,000 in those interactions. So these are mentors, books, trainings, consulting, retreats, all that stuff. I really just saw that as the path and I doubled down on it. So I've had so many of those and the best ones, when I've asked them a question like, hey, what should I do? The best mentors, the funniest thing about this, I said, what do you think? And they've just turned it around and I've gone, you know what? I think this is it. And they go, did you test it? I go, no. And actually they go, go and test that. And you go and test it and you get this amazing result and you come back and you say, hey, that worked. Yeah. And they, they go, hey, funny that. That's amazing. So like, I really feel that as individuals, one of the most powerful things in business that's more powerful than Facebook is intuition. Mm. And intuition, I think Albert Einstein said that the, the rational mind is like a faithful servant, but the intuitive mind is, is like God. And we've like set up this whole life that like bows down to this servant, the rational mind, that forgets that there is this essence of this completely powerful presence, you know, right here. And he said that if we just turn towards that and I guess give more of ourselves to that, then we could do the things that we want and have the things that we want in life. Yeah. Dude, I, I, that, yeah. I find that to be a, a lot of truth, man. Um, 
really looking inside to find, find the answers. I know for me, like even when I did like the event in Australia with you, uh, I remember the day before, was it the day before that? Yeah, it was the day before the event. Um, Jonathan, I wrote the flow for flow for the event. There was like day three. I'm like, man, I'm kind of stuck. I'm not seeing the path. So the, that morning I, I got up and I went and did a creative breathing exercise that we teach at the event on the top of the building that we're staying at. And dude, like within 35 minutes, I was just like tuned in and zoned in. And it was just like, boom, 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 boom. And I came back with a note full of phones. Like, All right, Jonathan, here's the flow. Here's what this person needs. This person needs, this person needs, these person needs. And then we got to the event, dude, no, it's fucking spot on, you know? So it's so interesting to me when most people are constantly looking out there rather than sometimes uh, aligning with the truth, which is, I don't know. And then using the principles of being, which the Eastern mm. philosophy has taught for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, to then really be able to tap in, to really have that insight and intuition um, guide. It really is a huge like fucking hack, if there is a hack to marketing. And that's one of them for sure, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's quite profound, you know, like, we're always searching for something on the outside. And I guess the reason why I wanted to say that is because I do want to go into some specifics and actually talk about, you know, what is working for me now. And I do want to give you some of that stuff, but I want to give it from a place of not ignoring your own brilliance because anything that I tell you isn't as powerful as your own inner vision and your own inner voice. And I think that there's a quote from Bruce Lee that's like, accept what's useful to you, add what's uniquely your own and discard the rest. Yep. And I have really used that principle a lot in my life because you know, I've found that that's the goal of modeling. And I think people can get really, you can buy too much into what's that person doing with their Facebook ads. Oh, let me try that. And it tanks. And you're like, well, what's going on there? And I think that's the, just the ignorance of self in a lot of ways. So, okay. Now that we've just addressed that, let me, let me address some of the tactical stuff. So what I'm doing at the moment when it comes to Facebook ads, I had a really big breakthrough about 12 months ago now. And I had a lot of different funnels. Like I've tried webinar funnels and guide funnels and book funnels. And there's all these different funnels, these things. I was always doing things. And at that stage I'd invested probably about three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars in ads, very very profitably, on an average of about seven hundred percent return on investment over that time. So generated you know a couple of million dollars in sales off about three hundred to four hundred thousand in ad spend at that stage. And I kind of went back and I looked at okay, what is everything that I've done so far, and what are the numbers, and what do I feel? What what gives me the most flow and rhythm? What's easiest? And I asked all these sort of questions. And what I found was that there was one thing that was almost 10 times more powerful than everything else. And that for me was actually selling my book. Hmm. And this kind of came out about like it was a test. I hadn't, I just was like, I've written this book and I'm going to put it out there into the world and I'm just going to start selling my book online. So I did that. And all of a sudden, because I've got a system that kind of generates sales calls for me online, and I noticed that a bunch of people that were coming onto those sales calls were like, hey, Ben, I've read your book. And I was like, oh, amazing. And we would have a chat about the book, and then I'd move on. And I noticed that all of them were turning into clients. And then it just kept happening and happening and happening. And I'm like, hey, what's actually going on here? So 
I went through my data and I pulled out and what I found was that 9% of the people that had purchased my book with no follow-up, no email sequence, just a general reach out to Ben because I've read his book and it was obviously impactful for them, 9% of people had reached out. And I did a figure. I was like, how much money am I making per book that I sell? And it was $635 per book. That's, that's per singular book. And we've sold at that stage 520 books. So it was, yeah, it was a lot of money. It was, it was about 400,000 or something like that. I think I may have got that wrong, but between three and 400,000. And I was like, okay, I'm going to really focus on that now. Uh, I'm going to change my whole strategy, my whole, I guess, where my attention was spread between like this funnel and that funnel and this thing and that thing and that little bit here, a little bit there. I just went single focus. Thanks to yourself, by the way, mm-hmm. AJ, yeah. at the event um, that I came to uh, with you and Jonathan, like this was one of my biggest breakthroughs is like just cutting away from the things that aren't working to make me feel like I'm busy because I like to do that and just cutting away and just focusing on the thing that's really working and actually doubling down on that and having the courage to do that and trusting what my intuition and also what the numbers are saying. So uh, I've done that. And now, you know, we're just selling a shitload of books essentially. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I think we sold a hundred and well, actually no, it'd be more like 200 now because we've sold like 15 today, Uh, but about 200 books since the moment that I turned on the ads, which was five weeks ago, uh, which is, yeah, it took me like probably I've had the book for three years. So the whole first year of having the book, I probably wouldn't have sold 200 copies. So I've done, it's like the rate of speed, I guess, in terms of getting the book out is probably gone up by 50 or something like that, which is really cool. Sure. And the crazy thing is, and this is one of the things that I love about what you're doing is you generate, you're like generating the numbers that, really some big publishers would love to see, you know what I mean? But since you're, I know you're, you know, it is on Amazon, but just the way that you're delivering it, because for you, it was like, how do I build my list? How do I also on the back end be able to reach out and build real relationships? You have a, a very different, you, I think a very unique way um, of delivering the book, which is really, really cool. So it's fascinating to me that you're not placing your worth on being a bestseller or a Wall Street Journal bestseller when you're putting up the numbers to totally do it, by the way right? You're more concerned on, hey, this is a funnel. Uh, this is a way essentially where I can share my message, my gift to the world, my genius to the world with a book. How could I get that in as many hands as possible? You're doing that. And then you're so fucking smart that you know your numbers and the data and you're making $650 per book when the average person in a publishing house is probably making like 50 cents or a dollar if they're, if they're lucky or something, you know? So it's just awesome, dude. I'm so excited uh, just for everything you're doing. Yeah, thank you. And I guess it comes back a little bit to what we were saying before uh, that I think I didn't get to, but you did ask me, you know, why did I want to move away from referrals and networking and that kind of stuff? And for me, you know, I look, take this with a grain of salt for everyone listening because I am an individual and I have a certain way of thinking about the world. And just so you know, I'm quite an introverted person. I may not seem like one, but I really am. I'm quite an introverted person. I like my own space and time and that kind of stuff. But one thing that I realized really early on 
is that if I could take more responsibility for the outcomes in my life and not rely on anyone else to produce certain results. Now, this has a downside, obviously, because you do need to rely on people to produce some results. But, you know, for like the, the publisher and the, the writer relationship for me is, is very much that way. So in a typical publishing house, the publishing house will distribute the book. The writer will, uh, I guess, write the book. They'll do all the, the publishing house will do the design. The publishing house takes 90% of the money and they're not even marketing it really. All they do is put it into stores, physical distribution, which in my view is actually extremely outdated. So this writer, even if they sell 100,000 copies, like I've sold less than 1,000 copies and I've made close to 400,000, tearing up to 500,000 from less than 1,000 copies of my own book. And they might sell, it would, it would take them literally 100,000 or 200,000 copies to get to that same financial level. So for me, that's a bit of a, well, obviously it's a massive disparity. And I think the reason that it's happening is because no one understands real marketing. Yeah. They don't get it. Like the publishing house doesn't get it. The writer doesn't get it. And they're reliant on these old outdated systems that are from like the 1200s, you know, whenever the first printing press was created and whoever had the printing press controlled the resources and like the world has completely changed. And for me, it's like, Oh, I can get my books printed on various different sources. I published the book myself. It was fucking easy. It was so easy to publish the book. Like I published it and I'm like, is that it? Oh, okay. I bought an idea sent, got my label, put it on, got a designer to do the cover, sat down and did the real work and wrote the book. And I got 500 copies of it delivered to my house within two months. And I was off to the races. I'm like, why are people taking, paying 80% of the money? And they don't even understand the marketing, which is the most important piece. So anyway, I digress. But then because I did understand the marketing, I was like, okay, next step. I've got the book. It's an asset that belongs to me. Now what I can do is build a marketing funnel. So I went and broke down a bunch of marketing funnels. I'd studied marketing. I read countless books and just looked at whatever I was doing and I built my own system for it. And what ended up happening on the back end is I spend about 20 bucks in marketing to sell the book and I make about 30 roughly. So it costs me about $12 to get the book to someone. So I actually lose like a little bit of money on the front end. And for most people, they'd be like, well, that's not good enough, right? Like, see, instead of me getting paid $2 by a publishing house, or a dollar by a publishing house to get the book into the hands of someone, I'm losing two. But the thing is, I have the email, I have the phone number, I have the physical address, I own the relationship with that person. And I simply follow up with them. I send them emails. I say, hey, here's what's going on in my world. Do you want to chat on the phone or do you want to see if we can go to the next step? Super simple. Like it's, it's, not complex and the reality is is that no one thought to do that at the publishing house level like oh maybe if someone buys a book they want something more and I guess this is the crazy thing about business is like when like they're not entrepreneurs is, is kind of what I'm saying is the pub, people are running the publishing houses are business people 
but they're not entrepreneurs and they don't see this huge upside uh, that I was really lucky to see and, you know, have really capitalized on in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of other people can do the same. Like I've been sharing this with people for the last 12 months and saying, hey, this is amazing. This is like nothing I've ever seen. Like you spend $2 to get your book into the hands of someone and there's a one in 10 chance they turn into a client. If you have a good back end, which is a course, program, consult, retreat, event, uh, even just coaching or it could be anything, people want to take that step because if someone's read your book, they've spent four to six to ten hours with you. They understand your story, where you've been, your results, your character, and they want to go to the next step. So, yeah, I guess that's the thought around it. And in all the things that I've done, I've never seen anything work so well. It's been really powerful. Awesome, brother. What do you see are some common mistakes most people are making when it comes to generating leads? I think the biggest one is the one we've already covered, which is copying things in the outside world. Now, there's this idea of funnel hacking. Yeah. And I think it's a great idea, but I think people take it too far because if you funnel hack, to funnel hack and actually take the things from, from people, you ignore the most valuable piece of the whole picture, which is you and your essence and your story and how you can connect with people. You know, I think well, it has been said that communication is, is 95% beyond words. So like, again, it's like everyone's looking for the words. It's like, Ooh, what did they say there? Okay. Yeah. Take that phrase and put that in there and this and this, but like, so much deeper than that. And I think just honoring your own essence will see you go so much further in your own life, in your business, in your relationship, just everything. It will filter into everything. So that would be the biggest one. Uh, the second one from there would be not understanding the principles of marketing. And a great mentor to me, uh, Mal Emery, who's a business coach in Australia, uh, he said to me, Ben, Business is about two things and two things only, math and psychology. Math, know your numbers. And we've covered a lot of numbers. I've been spurting them out and I can spurt numbers all day, like rapidly. I, I study that stuff. But then the psychology is human behavior. Now, uh, for people on the, the audio cast won't be able to see this, but just behind me, I've got close to about 1,200 to 1,400 books sitting behind me. And in that bookshelf, there's about 200 business books. Now, I spend my days really focused on business. But most of the books in my library have nothing to do with business. And I think this is a really, really, really big thing to understand about marketing. Is marketing is not the study of business. Marketing is the study of people. And if you really want to go to that next level, Stop looking at marketers and business people. Start paying attention to philosophers and the greatest thinkers and architects and just people that achieved miraculous things in their life because the more source material you have to pull from, the more of a blue ocean you're going to be in. No one's going to be able to compete with you because everyone's going to be on that level and you will go to something else. You will share something deeper. It's more of an inspired place for me is yeah. like great ideas, great minds. 
So uh, that's really been my focus personally and it's worked for me. I, I can definitely say that. Uh, so I guess they're the two things is like focus on you, what you love and who you are as an individual and never ignore that no matter what. And the second thing is study great mind, like the top of the top. I'm talking about like Plato and Da Vinci and Buckminster Fuller and Carl Jung. It's like who are the greatest minds? Like go put your hand in some of that glue and pull it out and you'll notice that the glue is just all over you. You can't get it off. So I would encourage people to do that. And that to me is how to become a successful business person is to go beyond it a little bit. What do you think is probably... Uh, the greatest nugget of wisdom you've found from a philosopher thus far? Yeah, I'd say Carl Jung has the greatest nuggets for me Mm. personally because he taught me about, like the biggest thing that I've got from Carl Jung is he, I think he put some beautiful language on something that I've experientially known to be true for my whole life, but I didn't really have a way to conceptualize it. And it was this concept that the world is a mirror. And that everything happening in the outside world was a reflection of what was happening on the inside world. And Jungian psychology, essentially this whole essence of this whole psychological vehicle that Jung created. And just as a note, I really believe Jung is one of the greatest creative geniuses that's ever lived. His intellect is just amazing. Uh, His book, Memories, Dreams, Reflections, is one of my favorite books in the world. It's amazing. So definitely check that out. Uh, but he said, until you can make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And for me, I've just seen that play out so many times in my life. Like I've noticed when things happen to me, they happen in patterns and you can tell that there is this unconscious message or a lesson that I'm meant to learn from the stimulus that I'm experiencing in the outside, but it's populated from the inside. There's something happening in me. And this leads to some very, very deep questions of, well, maybe we're not so separate as human beings as maybe me as the subject and everything else as the object, perhaps there is some level of consciousness or reality that is connected and interlinked. And perhaps we're all in this huge game to learn how to grow and how to love more. And for me, the more that I studied that, the more that I dedicate my life to that, the more flow I find and the easier things come and the tactics just almost find their way to me. Like weird things seem to happen, but that would be the biggest one. And that's really what I look for when it comes to those uh, philosophies is that's the truth for me. So I'm trying to, I guess, find evidence for it. Brilliant, man. Um, you have a solid system in place for helping people generate leads. I've talked about lead flow, amazing course. But if somebody wants to scale to like, let's say 50,000 a month, what are the steps that you kind of recommend that they follow to do that? Yeah. So I really love this concept. It was taught to me by a, a mentor last year. And it's been just so helpful, but essentially it states that there's six pillars of business. And When he taught me those pillars, I really started to think about them a lot and a lot and a lot. And I sort of put them in a hierarchy for myself. So the hierarchy for me is the first pillar and the most important pillar is mindset. So we've covered some of that stuff today, you know, even just the principle of the books and that kind of stuff. You know, my real work is 
to study the mind, improve my mind and, and my body and, and all those kind of things. So that to me is, is the foundation. Then once you've got that, because you don't, you don't want to scale a business if you're not making your bed for it, like as a metaphor, you know, you, you want to make sure that your house is in order and your relationship with your partner is, is feeling good and in integrity. Your family is good. Your health is in check and, you know, you're feeling good about your health because it goes back to that shaky foundations principle is like, you want to scale a business to $50,000 a month. You're going to face turmoil. You're going to face problems. You're going to face emotions. And if you're not in a position of balance and harmony within yourself, even if you do make the 50,000, like you're not going to enjoy it and, and it's going to be volatile and painful. So that to me is step one is like get your house in order, show up to your own life. How you do one thing is how you do everything. You want to scale your life, scale yourself. Then sales would be the second thing. So for me, sales is really understanding communication and how to almost take a back seat to like listening to what people really want in the world. And I would even say this comes before business models because everyone's like, you know, creating a business model like, oh, I want to do this app or, oh, I want to do this amazing thing. But then the question is who it's for and how are you going to reach them and how are you going to encourage them to take action? That to me all feel fits in the sales bucket. And I guess the thing there is to really know who you want to serve in life. And like you have to sell yourself on serving that person. And that to me is really what sales is about. Once you know that, then it's, it's flow and rhythm. So for me, people skip those two for sure. That's level one for me. It's like, okay, level one, mindset and sales. That's what I'm looking for with every single client that I work with. I will slow down progress. I will pump the brakes until I'm really certain that people have those two things and they're robust. And those pillars for me, it's like I can load them up with weight now. It's like, okay, put weight on those pillars. Okay, do they crack? Are they good? I'm happy with them. Then we go to the next stage. Which before is, we go to the next stage, if I remember correctly, the first two pillars you believe get somebody to 10K a month. Is that correct? I do, yeah. yeah. That's just what I've seen um, in myself, uh, but also in, in the clients. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, I, I, this system specifically, I've taught it to about 150 to 200 people. But even looking back in the past, if I look at all those things, I'm like, oh, they were there. That The pillar that was broken was that one. Yeah. Uh, it's very spooky in its application where people sit on this spectrum. So like, I guess for people listening, uh, what I would say really to simplify your life is if you want to get to $10,000 a month in a business, focus on two things, study mindset and act on mindset. Don't just study it, but, but act, change your habits, change your life and improve all areas of your life. You know, become a holistic individual. But then study sales. You know, don't wait for the moment where you have to sell something to uh, try and sell because then you're not playing chess, you're playing checkers. You're responding to what's in front of you instead of reacting to the world and actually building a strategy. So usually, I would say usually and I would say 99% of the time, if you're not at 10K per month, 
your blockage would, would exist in one of those two pillars, mindset or sales, just from what I've observed in so 500. Good. So good. So good. Now let's move on to the, the next pillars and let's correlate the income because I think you've done a brilliant, brilliant job with this. Thank you. Uh, so then we've got the next two. So these come in a specific level, I believe, as well. Uh, so each level creates a new form of challenge and new things that you have to overcome. So level two is about product delivery. And I would put like a little in brackets leverage because most people uh, that I've seen, they can get to zero to 10K, but one thing they don't have is leverage usually. Uh, And a good example of this is I was working harder when I (laughs) made $10,000 a month than I do if I make 50 or 60 or $100,000 a month. It's, It's like... And it's because the leverage, you don't have the ability to lever up. So product delivery is that third piece. So if you're at that like $10,000 a month, you know, the biggest challenge is what would happen if I was to get to $50,000 a month? Okay, let's say I've got you know, 20, 30, 40 clients. What happens to my time? And what most people find is it evaporates in an instant. And it's the fastest way to up a limit. Because you realize, oh, God, I don't even want those clients because when I get there, my life's going to be shit. So you have to, before you lead generate, which is the next one, the fourth one, you actually have to clear the space, which is going to be a really weird feeling. Because for the first time in the entrepreneurial journey, you pop out and you have this clear, you can see everything's clear around you and you get to breathe and you're like, and then you get guilty because you're like, well, I've got a lot of time freedom now. And usually people will up a limit there and just go back into the the work. And I've done this countless times myself. So I've been very guilty of it and perhaps still am to some level. So these are the challenges that you have to overcome. And you see what I mean? It's psychological in its essence. You know, everyone wants, ooh, which is the best product and what's the best thing to add and what's the bonus and what's this and what's that? It's like, no, get psychological, get Free, like get comfortable with freeing your time because the next stage is this lead gen and that's where the marketing comes in. So at this stage, you'll probably be around, you know, ten to $15,000 a month. And that to me is the optimal moment to put your money where your mouth is, is to grab five, 10, 20, as much money as you can and invest it to generate more leads and that to me is the point where you scale very quick you can scale very quickly uh you can go from 10 to, to 50 you know i've done that in i had less than a year i did that in a four-month period uh once in my actually twice in my life i scaled once from zero to eighty thousand dollars a month a long time ago uh, we did that in about 16 months and then uh, more recently I, I went from i dropped back down to 10 then I went from 10 to 50 in about a four month period. And it was all because of lead gen. So it's a, it's like a, it's an amplifier. It's like a, boom, you just turn it up. And you know, if you've got your house in order, you've got your sales system rocking and going really well, you've got a leveraged way of delivering your service where you're not the bottleneck, then you can scale, which is this lead generation piece. And to kind of bring this around, this is why I was saying before that you don't want to do that too soon because if you do it too soon, everything just explodes or implodes 
and everything else gets affected negatively. And this is where you say, oh, marketing people are assholes and it doesn't work and all of this stuff. And it's like, well, maybe your house wasn't in order. Maybe you weren't ready to take that step. Uh, so often, sometimes the truth is step back, hold back, and align your ducks in a row. And when your ducks are in a row, pull out that cash and be ready to just go like, boom. And, so good, and so good yes. man. Love it. And let's get into the final uh, two pillars because, you know, that, you know, this yes. kind of takes them to that 50,000 mark. Um, but I'm even seeing even one of your clients, I won't give his name right now, but, um, you know, we talked about he wanted to scale and we looked at it really heavily uh, on the Legion and he had the systems in place to do it. And I was like, if all this business comes in, can you fulfill it? Because there was a lot of admin work because he was a mortgage broker to be able to, to do it. And he's like, uh, and so the first thing we did was actually get him hiring a VA. And so he has a VA now and he's like, dude game changer. Thank you so much. I can already see, like, I'm already unloading five hours a week, 10 hours a week. This is genius. And so I think this is the other uh, beautiful part, just transitioning into the last pillars, because you can turn that up. But, and I've seen people do this, man, they, they turn up the machine and they'll scale to, you know, a hundred thousand dollar month. And then it fucking breaks because they can't fulfill. And then customers are angry and then they feel like they're a terrible human being. And then their marriage is falling apart. Um, so yeah, dude. so let's get into the other pillars, the last two pillars, because they're super, super important for scaling. For sure. Well, I think these are two of the more difficult ones. Yeah. Uh, we've got, so this is level three. And again, this creates a turmoil because you have to graduate from someone being in the trenches. It's like you go from being a soldier to being a general. Yeah. And that has this, and usually the best generals were the best soldiers. So it creates this huge dichotomy. It's like, oh, I just want to fight. I want to get in. I want to get on the ground. And I want to push, push, push. And I want to use my energy. But you actually have to transition because the next pillar is team and operations. And so it's like you start pulling out from the business a little bit and looking back down. You have to become a bit more of a manager. And really, this is where I find myself at the moment. And it's been a real struggle for me, to be honest, because yeah. it's not my natural tendency. Like my natural tendency is to do, uh, and I don't like uh, managing, so I have to go to that next level. And you know, sitting where I am now, it's like, bang, you, you place me on the spectrum, I am bang right there. Like I'm sitting right at about 60 to 70K a month, and it's like, okay, you want to go to 100, 120, this is the pillar that is, if we put all that weight on it, then your time freedom, your finance, your relationships, everything crumbles. And I don't want to risk that. So it's like you have to address it. And then the last pillar is finance. And finance is, I guess, it's, it's more what you do with the money that comes in as opposed to generating. So this is the difference most people, when I ask them, you know, which, of the six pillars, which is your biggest problem? Everyone says finance. And I go, no, that's sales. It's very different. Sales is income generation. Finance is what do you do with it after it happens? And you know, even to some degree for myself, that's coming up on my radar now. I'm like, because I'm generating decent income and I'm starting to save. And now I'm like, Hmm, what should I be doing with and that they're level three is where I'm at. It's like they're the things for me. 
So that's my real study now. And I want to master those things. And I haven't mastered them. I've mastered perhaps the other four. No, and no, I shouldn't say that. I haven't mastered the other four, but I can, they, they can tolerate weight. Yeah. I can put things on top of those pillars and they're not going to crumble and fall down. I can make them more robust. I can make them more beautiful and turn it into an amazing structure, but there's still work to do and there always will be. So for me, having that framework of the six pillars and knowing where you sit on those pillars gives you a highest list of priorities every 90 days, which is, and that's the thing that I do is like every 90 days I have a supreme focus on a pillar. It's like this pillar is the most important thing this month, oh, this 90-day period, sorry. And then I boil it down this month, this week, this day. And it gives me, I'm never, I, I never am sitting there going, oh, what do I do? It's like, oh, because if I ever feel like that, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go read a book that's relevant to this pillar. Sure. And it gives me the momentum and the energy. So this, again, is a principle of six pillars. And I've never met a business owner who isn't affected by those six pillars. I'm pretty sure it's a universal law of business. I've never, ever, as far as I can observe so far in my life, I've never seen a business that's not affected by those pillars. And when you boil something down to that level of like fundamental truth is where the gold is. It's like drop everything else and pay attention to that because it simplifies everything. Yeah, dude. Um, so yeah, that's been the real, real thing for me. And it's what we do with the clients too. It's super valuable. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it Cause it's really um, helping people give them a, a practical framework, which is one of your geniuses um, a lot. So like they can slow down to go fast. Uh, you know, again, coming back to most people looking out there and wanting to run fast, go, go, go produce, produce, which is, you know, that's all it's great. And there's a time and there's a season for that, but there's also a time and place for, you know, going to Starbucks or your favorite coffee shop or restaurant or mountains or whatever feeds your soul and grabbing out pen and paper and just kind of taking time to, to go through those six pillars and see where that weak area is and then create a plan and a strategy to shore it up, dude. So I love how you put that in. Um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. What types of ads do you see work best on Facebook? Yeah, conversion ads for sure. Uh, conversion ads are by far and away the best ones uh, to use. I was actually uh, just going through um, a Facebook ads training before and was reading about, you know, certain things that Facebook are doing. And the whole thing is big AI and it's more and more, it's, it's AI, it's AI, it's AI. So it's, you want to leverage where possible the value of that machine. And Facebook is making it easier and easier to be successful on their platform. Like they're, I was actually shocked by some of the things I read today. I was really impressed cool. uh, because for a while there, I was a bit like, oh, they're going in the wrong direction. But I think they've right, they've kind of fixed the course and they're making it easier for people to have success with their platform. And the one thing is use conversions because what that does is it tells Facebook when something happens and it attributes a value, it attributes a conversion. So Facebook can say, oh, that's good. It gives them feedback. It's again that basketball example is it's tracking your shot. It knows that it hit right, left, and then it corrects your next shot. And as a result, you're using literally the most powerful algorithm in the world 
to improve your ads, reach the right people, have the right headlines, have the right creatives. And uh, you definitely want to use that. So don't use traffic usually uh, or page post engagement or reach ads. Use conversions in 98% of the cases. Awesome. And what is your favorite type of creative for an ad? Videos. I have seen videos in 95% of my cases outperform uh, just imagery. And so I usually go with that first up. I have been doing a lot of testing recently on images. And again, it's the same thing. I haven't seen, they're good images. We went and found this like really beautiful piece of art. It was like multicolored and just like really bright. And and we put like the book there and took these beautiful photos. But again, it, it didn't outperform a simple just video of me flicking through the book you know, on with my phone. Uh, so yeah, videos usually are going to be the things that you want to test. Dude, I saw that ad for the first time. I mean, I've, I've saw the other ad, but your new ad I saw for the first time, I think yesterday. And I loved it because I think if I remember correctly, it, had, it was kind of like this red wall and a black wall. And then your book was white. And so it like popped off of that thing and um, dude, it was brilliant. Like I'm, I'm excited to hear what those numbers are going to be later on uh, just because the red, the blacks, the contrast, it definitely was like a really big pattern interrupt flipping through the book. It was, it was a really good creative man. Really good. Yeah. Well, I guess a bit of a, a value bomb we could say for, for people in the, uh, the audience here is the most important thing in Facebook advertising is a pattern interrupt. So what that means is, you know, you can imagine that you're walking in the street and you hear like the car brakes like screech to a halt and there's a car crash. It's like you don't take the next bite of what you're doing. You don't continue the conversation that you're having. You stop everything you're doing and you turn and you inspect. You're like, what's happening here? It's a perfect example of a pattern interrupt. You want to do the same things with your ads. Obviously, you don't want anything, anyone to get hurt, but you want to create something that is unique and has high energy to it and that kind of captures the attention. So if someone's like scrolling through the feed, it's like it kind of comes out and you can do that in a lot of different ways. Um, I did it there in that ad by using contrast. So I've got an ad that has five or six different colors coming at you And you don't often see that. And it's simple. It's very, very simple. But just that in and of itself is enough for people to pay attention and then kind of go go through. Uh, You can do it with movement as well. So, you know, really important, like if you ever do a Facebook ad, like don't do one where you're just like standing there and there's no movement because you're not interrupting the person's pattern. There's like move around and and create movement and, and have fun with it. You know, that's the funnest thing that I find about advertising is going, Hmm, what's my pattern interrupt going to be? You know, I've seen people light things on fire and like, this is fun. It's, you can have a lot of fun. Yeah. And I learned this from Tristan Brooks because, um, you know, a lot of people are doing the walking selfie video thing and the movement is kind of the pattern interrupt. But he was talking yeah. about if we're running to, uh, you know, the video to cold traffic, don't use your face uh, because they don't, they don't know you. Right. So it's just like, oh, another person. So he recommended going and finding some really good B-roll. And so I, I did a, some tests. I went to Envato, um, I think you pay like $20 a month or something of the nature. And you have like an unlimited stock library of videos. And I found these crazy relevant stock um, videos, like watermelons that were just kind of like rotating money that was like, you know, 
whatever was relevant to the ad copy. And I tested those dude. And it totally took like my, my, uh, uh click through rate from like 0.6, which was terrible to like 1.6, you know, 2.3, yeah. which was really good. And it was just from using some of that B-roll on Envato. So it was, um, it was awesome, dude. Love it. It's good. Yeah. So dude, you're a smart numbers, man. We've talked about that a little bit. Like you love living the numbers. So what metrics do you recommend people to focus on when they were running their advertising? Yeah. The biggest one is that X to 10 X and look, you're not always going to get it, but at least have that as your Polaris star that you're chasing. And the reason why I say that is because like most people, like you need to account for profit. You need to account for salesmen you need to account for just general things that happen in life you know emergencies you need to account for so many things and if your ads are doing like a two to one return on investment for me you'd have to be at a 50 percent profit ratio to even make a cent and it's just for me it's just not enough so i try and go big with that which just gives me a lot of room to to move and the analogy I often use with the numbers is like you've got a family driving in a car and you've got the mother and the father in the two front seats of the car and then you've got children in the back. Now, with the children, they're obviously wanting to say, hey, let's go to the ice cream store or let's go and buy me a bicycle or take me to my friend Jimmy's house or whatever it is. But the parents at the end of the day are the ones making the decision. So they listen, they filter everything through and they're the responsible ones. So they go, hmm. Yes or no? And then they go from there. They drive the car. So for me, the parents of direct response advertising and, and Facebook advertising, two numbers and two numbers only, lifetime value of the client, that's the father. So this is for every client that comes into the business, how much revenue and how much profit does that generate over that person's lifetime? So this might be including referrals or if they stay for four years or six years or one year, you know, you need to understand that number. Then you look at your CPA, which is the mother, and this is cost per acquisition. So this is, okay, we've got lifetime value. So let's say we've got lifetime value of $5,000. Then we look, okay, let's say that we were to build a marketing system how much of that 5,000 would you be comfortable investing in a marketing system to create it? And this is the, the interplay, the dance between he and she that we're playing at the marketing level. You know, that's love. You know, if we find that and we get it in balance and that's when things uh, really work. And for me, I just go X to 10X. And that's not to say the father is 10 times more valuable than the mother. I'll put my hands up and say it's probably the mother that brings more value to the father because without that, there would be no 10x uh, at all. Awesome. And then the, I guess the kids are your, your CTR and uh, yeah. cost per lead? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mention. Yeah, this, this, the, the kids are thinking, and they are relevant. Like, you know, there's going to be times where you have to take the kids to school. There's going to be times where those things are very important to listen to. There's going to be times when the kids say, oh, my appendix is ruptured or I broke my arm. It's like, <laughs> it's important to listen to them, but not always. Like you have to filter it. So cost per lead is one. Now you'll have campaigns where you get $3 leads, but your cost per acquisition is 300 and you got $10 leads over here, but your cost per acquisition was 100. 
So if you listen to the leads, they can sometimes pull you into the wrong direction. Uh, then you've got your video views, how many followers you have, how many people watch your videos, how many people open your emails, how many people click your links, like all of that stuff, it's important. And don't get me wrong around that because like it is important, but it's only important to give you the overall picture of the whole car, you know, the mother and the father. Uh, so yeah, that's what I've used personally. And you know, it just means that you can cut away like from all of this stuff and just focus on what really matters. Brilliant, man. Uh, last question, dude. If you had to start all over from ground zero, where would you start to get leads rolling in again? If I didn't have my book, I would write a book. I would take a month. I would take the cash that I have in my bank account. I would shut everything down, including any agreements that I had with anyone. And I would say, I'm in crisis I need a month. I'll be back in a month. And I would travel somewhere really quiet, probably somewhere that I didn't even know the language like I did last time. Uh, let's just use the example. I went to Patagonia in uh, Argentina and I got this beautiful Airbnb. I spent enough money on the Airbnb that it forced me to produce something with it because it was like, you better not spend that money and sit there lounging around. <laughs> like, so I literally invested about $5,000 into this beautiful Airbnb overlooking the mountains. It was somewhere that really inspired me. And I knew that, you know, I got a bit of a saying is that energy goes when money flows. If you want to create something really meaningful in your life, you, you've got to invest. And it's often that investment that forces you to do it in a lot of ways. Uh, so I would do the same thing. I might even go to the same place. I would say, I want to book it out for a month. I would go there. I would turn off the phone. I would bring a suitcase full of books with me. And I would go really, really deep and I would set the intention that I want to write something really meaningful. I want to write a book that serves a person and solves a serious problem that I see in the world. And it may be personal development. It doesn't really matter. It might be yoga that I'm interested in. something I'm fiercely passionate about and very interested in. I would sit down and study everything that there is to study. I would spend all day reading and, and I would write this book. That had a lot of weight and power to it. Awesome. And then I would come back and I would borrow as much money from someone that would be willing to give it to me. And I would invest money to publish the book. And then I would start marketing that book and spreading my message with as many people as I could. And I think everything would else would take care of itself. Like I don't think you'd even need to worry about the back end offer so much. And that's what I found is that if you actually deliver to the thing, the reason why the book funnel works so well is because I didn't hold anything back. And like, I wasn't like, well, you have to buy this thing and wait till you get my best ideas. Like I put my heart and soul into that thing. And because of that, people just come out and find me and go, Ben, that book was really cool. And I say, Oh, that's cool. Well, let's like, let's get into dialogue. And I would just try and help them. And I guess it came from a place of value first and relationship first. And that's probably been my biggest, I don't know, I want to call it a secret weapon because it's definitely not, but it's been a huge source of power for me. And I know that I'll just do the same thing because I know it's going to work uh, with the right intention. And I guess that's the most important thing is like, it doesn't really matter what strategy 
anyone would use. I really think it comes down to like, what's the level of intention that you show up to that thing with? Cause like, I wouldn't set the intention to write a shitty book. Yeah. I would be like, how can I write the best possible book in the world? And that doesn't mean that it will be, but it's like, that would be my goal. And I would know that if I tried to serve people in that way, that usually everything that I would want from a business level would kind of find its way to me in a lot of ways. Awesome, man. Well, dude, thank you so much for uh, being here on the podcast. You've dropped some amazing, amazing wisdom. If you guys want to go buy his book, which I recommend you go buy it, it's called The Business Owner's Guide to Profit. You can go grab that at Ben Slater's, Ben Slater's with an S, book.com, Ben Slater's book.com. I'll make sure I put a, a link to it and all that. If you want to connect with Ben personally, I do it on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ben J Slater. Connect with them there. And then Ben, you have your program, Lead Flow, which I've, I've said, and I always tell people this, I, I truly believe your program is one of the best on the market. What is that um, and how can people, you know, figure out what it is or reach out to you about it or whatever? Yeah, there's actually a link at uh, leadflowcourse.com, okay. which explains uh, everything that we do uh, with the course. So just a quick couple of things like, it's really focused on that six pillars concept. We go really, really deep in it. So you want to make sure that you're in momentum with your mindset. You've got proof of concept. You know, this isn't for startups because like, you know, in the time that we work together, like we really want to take you from either 10 to 20,000 a month around there to 25, you know, up to 50 and beyond per month. Like that's the perfect point because we will help you with the product, the leverage, the, obviously the mindset, the sales is there. We want you to have a, a base in that essentially because then we can just grab your raw material, you, and just support you as, as you scale things up. So, yeah, that's leafforce.com if you want to jump in there and you can book in a call with me and we can actually have a chat if you feel like that's a good fit. And, yeah, we'd love to run my eyes over your business and what you're doing and, yeah, I'm sure I'll be able to help in, in some way, whether it be the course or, you know, just general feedback and advice. Uh, I'm sure I'd be able to help. Brilliant. Well, dude, thank you so much for being here. Um, always love and appreciate you. You're an incredible human. Thanks, brother. Thanks, heaps, AJ. Appreciate you. Man, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Man, I love that Ben shared some principles about marketing that's just going to stand the test of time, you know? And this is one of the many reasons that I just have so much respect for Ben and his lead flow program and just like his methodology and the way that he kind of puts these things together. I know that if you apply what Ben shared here today, you're going to generate more leads from Facebook. I personally coach some of his elite clients in his lead flow program, and I watch you know, very consistently. I watch as they scale their business from $40,000 a month to $60,000 a month, and they stay there um, over like a 90-day period. I've seen others go from like ten dollars to $15,000 a month to consistent $30,000 a month. So these principles and the systems that he's sharing, I'm telling you, they're the real deal. And also... Um, remember that I'm on Instagram. Like I'm always constantly posting things that's helping you generate more leads and really scaling your business. So if we're not connected over there, man, go follow me on Instagram. My handle is at AJ Amick. So make sure you go check that out when you're done with this podcast, because I'd really love to hear your thoughts about this episode. And if you have any ideas on how to make it better, or if there's a topic that you'd like me to explore, man, just simply shoot me your thoughts and your ideas to me and my DMs on Instagram. Uh, we'll just kind of you know, continue the conversation there. So that's going to do it. That means episode number 24 is a wrap. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for carving out space in your mental real estate for this show. Until next time, my friend, I'm out. Peace. 
That's all for this episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. But we have plenty more to help you achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. Head on over to ajamix.com for exclusive resources, information, and tools to break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. We look forward to having you back for the next episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. Bye for now.